Ireland book a place in the quarterfinals as Spain crank up the scoring as the action heats up at the Vitality Hockey World Cup right here on the World Cup Daily. You are listening to the World Cup Daily number seven. We're talking all things Vitality Hockey World Cup. And, geez, you said it heats up, John. In every sense, it certainly does. Oh, well, it was a good old-fashioned Australian summer's day there in London. It certainly was. And, uh, look, we'll hear from some of the players uh, and coaches that were involved in the games yesterday. Um, but what was most prevalent, all of them saying the conditions were tough, tough, tough. What did the temperature get to, did you say? I didn't see it. It, w- it was threatening to get up to uh, 38, I think, today. But I think some of those um, uh, extreme weather warnings have been tempered, uh, much like the heat. And we're looking at around 32 degrees today. So still a warm one. Yes. Um, but then we've got some potentially some, some thunderstorms and some rain and a fair bit of cloud cover through the day. And over the weekend, should be 25 degrees to, uh, tomorrow and a little cooler again on Sundays. Have they moved this tournament to North Queensland? That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, the, the, the weather certainly would have had an effect, but equally on both teams, uh, it's perhaps unfortunate. I thought it really affected one of the games, and these games were played during the day too. They weren't the twilight games. Yeah, and that was the crazy thing, you know. But uh, I guess the, the schedules were set there. It's been, you know, they've changed in the past, though, haven't they, for, for reasons such as well, the weather? We saw it at the Asia Cup that happening it was a bit wet there yeah it was a bit wet other reasons but I would have thought and DFIH does have the, the power to change schedules I would have thought that yesterday if you were going to change a schedule there was an argument for it I'm, I'm not a big fan of changing things around if you don't have to but I've there could have been an argument for moving those games to later in the day. Yeah, yeah. But well, look, you've also, there's a lot to consider. I, I admit that. There's a lot of other co- things to consider. So, Two sensational games. Uh, Brilliant. The, f- the f- first game of the evening was, of course... Spain versus right. South Africa. Uh, 11th-ranked Spain versus 14th-ranked South Africa. And if you like goal scoring... That was a game to watch. 7-1, the Spanish came out over top of the South Africans. Now, bearing in mind, the Spaniards lost 6-2 in their opening game to Argentina. Jeez, they've, they've turned around the goal difference, haven't they? Well, I, uh, I, it's all part of my cunning plan to ensure that Spain win the World Cup. How's that? Well, you know, I bagged them about not being able to score any goals, and look, it worked a treat. Seven. Bam. Yeah, they were on absolute fire. Um, the corners were executed fantastically and uh, I put a post on Twitter drag oh yeah we can drag um, some beautiful work from Berta Banastra um, who scored a double in the game there um, in fact let's hear from Berta now what do you think are, are your team's biggest strengths uh, I think it's a bit of a uh, combination of uh, stuff our defense did a great job uh, our midfield is so hard I mean they are so technical they are fast and our attacking line, I think we defend uh, all together. Uh, we defend as a team, like all the lines are together. And every time we are aggressive and just reading where the ball is going, we always keep the ball and just play forward faster. So I think today we, we find our game. They played at a different pace to the South Africans. I, I noted in the game that yeah. South Africa really struggled to get out of their own third. 
um, of the field, and uh, they, you know, quite they quite tactically get out. They they get up there, but the Spaniards just pressed and pressed and pressed, and they didn't get past the halfway. A lot of the time, bang, they are under the pump again. Hence the goals coming in quick succession. But they did score a goal, which is good. They did on the 35 minute mark. Cara Lee yeah. Boats, yeah, that was the sole scorer for South Africa. Goal scorers. Uh, for Spain Lola Riera had two like I said Berta Bonastra for two uh, Carola Salvatella uh, got the one and Carlotta Pechame two goals there so yeah 7-1 uh, just a fantastic result and, and well played we can uh, get a, a sense of the feeling of the South African girls when we listen to Soulette Damon well that's the co-captain uh, hard luck on the, on the game today must have been pretty, uh, pretty exhausting out there yeah, no, it was very exhausting and the heat was a bit hectic today. Uh, it was a tough day at the office. Uh, um, well done must be given to Spain. They played really well. They took the chances, obviously. And, yeah, we just made it tough ourselves out there. They did have it tough. I think South Africa's um, lacking an, uh, international enough top-quality international competition. Yeah. They, they couldn't, yeah, couldn't argue with that at all. Because some very, very talented players. Well, one of, the most, one of their most talented was... Um, didn't play Nicolene Tablanche, the other co-captain, um, that nasty whack that she got to the head in the first game. Yeah. Um, so she, she missed out on playing the game. Another, It's the C-word, concussion once again. Mm. Something to keep an eye out for. Um, so, yeah, um, what does that mean for South Africa with the group there, though, John? Well, that means they're gone, essentially. You'd think uh, Germany, Argentina and Spain all having won at least one game. Germany at the top having won two games. Uh, they're yet to play against Argentina, mm. who are coming off the back of a defeat. Yeah. Uh, it n- could potentially not be pre... I, I can't see South Africa beating Argentina, but they can certainly improve and give them a, a, a fight. But, but if they're, they, they're gone. If they were to beat them, they'd have to do it by about 15 goals to make the, the top uh, three. Uh, 15, well, Argentina has a goal difference of three. So Germany's difference is three as well. They scored that six goals in the first game against the Spanish. The Spanish girls now have a, a goal difference of two. So th- there's not much in it for the goal difference, um, but South Africa have definitely gone. It's just a matter of where teams end up. If, Argent- if uh, Spain can beat Germany, Argentina finish third, potentially. Uh, it's <laughs> hard to know. Yeah, this but is they're it. all going through. It's all about finding those, those right positions now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, so it looks like South Africa will be going home. Now, the second game of the day. Um, <laughs> the India, game, so to speak. In, yeah, India versus Ireland. Um, there was a lot riding on it. And uh, boy, oh boy, it didn't... Not the, not the most spectacular game to watch in the world, but it, it was certainly a lot of a lot of attrition within it. Um, you could see that there was um, not a lot between the two sides, but the Irish got up 1-0. And boy, oh boy, were they happy with that. The greatest result? In Irish hockey history? Well, according to the coach, let's have a listen to what he says. Graham Shaw. The suggestion was that this is probably the, the biggest win in Irish hockey history. Yeah, I, so. nah, this is this is definitely... Um, nah, listen, your playing career is different. And, and your coaching career, with it, my coaching career, 100% is the the best achievements. But um, just w- what, a, what a performance. You know, what a group of players... Uh, I thought, you know, they were absolutely fantastic from start to finish. Listen, it was a difficult game with the conditions really, really hard out there. But uh, they just gave you that feeling nothing was going to go in. And um, they deserve absolutely everything they get. Well, it's just interesting to look at the stats for that game. India, 15 shots. Ireland, just five shots. Indian circle entries, 27. Ireland, 10. Indian penalty callers, 7. Ireland, 3. 
but Ireland did shade to possession around 55%. Um, yeah, fantastic result for them. They're in the quarterfinals. And it'll be their highest ever finish at a, at a World Cup. Um, just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glowing, I'm buzzing about it because it's, it's, uh, we followed Irish hockey a fair bit on the reverse stick podcast that, that yeah. we do. And, uh, you know, these girls were struggling for funding. Uh, you know, there's, um, so many elements that were working against them. It's just fantastic for I the think, sport there. I think once again, the coach is the man with, uh, some words on that. There's a core group of senior players that have probably, you know, probably been through a lot in their careers, and and, and they deserve this more than anybody. Um, you know, they've basically dedicated their lives for 10, 10 plus years now, some of them. And um, you know, to get a, a quarter final now after playing two games in a World Cup with two wins is just yeah, a dream come true. That's it. They're in the quarterfinals, and they've still got a game to play in the group. And guess who it's against? It's, uh, it's no, against England. When the draw came out, and we got England in England uh, in a World Cup post winning a gold medal in Rio we were absolutely over the moon people would have said oh god you got England we were we were delighted with it I bet they're doubly delighted with it now considering where England's placed and the pressure that they might feel in front of that home crowd well, they can they, yeah, they can approach it in a relaxed manner thanks very much to Stephen Findlater of yeah. The Hook Leinster's only hockey blog who's there on the ground he just picked up that bit of audio with Graeme Shaw the coach and I, I thought uh that was a game that exemplified to me what it takes to win World Cups. Now, I'm not saying the Irish girls can go all the way and win by any stretch, but the amount of ball that India had, I made a comment on social media during the game, well, near the end, that India should have won that game. If, if you look at the st- stats, and but they just couldn't get it together, and Ireland just kept doggedly defending. They've got a great goalkeeper. They've yeah, got really Asian dedicated McLaren. people at the back. Their, their fullbacks are really dedicated to keeping balls out. And the, that's what you've got to do, and that's what wins the World Cups is digging in in those ga- those sorts of games where the opposition is actually should have won the game. But it was a close game, and and the, we took it to the polls once again, and it went 40% India, 40% Ireland, 20% the draw. So it just showed that you know a lot of the other games we've seen big favouritism for one team or another. Nobody knew which way that was going to go. A one nil result. Let's. It's three points. That's it. They're through the quarterfinals. So what does that mean for Pool B, Matt? That's very interesting. Ireland, they're there. They're the first team to qualify for the quarters. Um, then we have England in second place. Now they've got the two draws, so they've got two points, but a goal, a zero goal difference. India has a negative one goal difference and one point. The United States is negative two on one point. So one of those teams is going to miss out, India or the United States, aren't they? No. Because they've got to play against each other. Yep. So, Ireland plays England. Ireland puts five past England. Yeah. Okay. That leaves England on two, with a goal difference of negative five. Uh huh. Okay. India and the United States play a draw, and their goal differences stay the same: negative one and negative two. They both get a point. They both go to two points. England goes home. Mm, well, they already are. So it's, well, <laughs> at least they've got, yeah. they they got, got fun to travel. <laughs> but that is still a possible scenario. I don't see Ireland beating England 5-zip. But there's a possibility there still. Well, they've got a nice few days rest anyway, haven't they? Until a couple of days till they, they uh, do. go and back again. You know, that, that funny hometown pressure, because it's not the first time... Um, and this isn't an England thing, but it's not the first time we've seen teams or countries playing in their home country sort of stuff. So we're not bit. taking that as a prediction from you, no, though. No, a 5-0 fi- no, five no, five no, win no, for no, Ireland. No, no a bit, maybe a bit too bullish. No, although there is something of the Australian in me that goes, 
Yes! <laughs> Sorry, Eglin. Um, so, that's it from the games from, from yesterday. Yep. Match day five. Hang on. Match day six. Seven. Seven. Five. Oh, dear. We've done it to ourselves. No, we've got podcast confusing. seven, which makes it match day five. Yeah. Okay. I think. So, match day six, That's yes. Right. Before we get there... No, match day five. Looking ahead to match day six, but yeah, what have we got? We've had a message from a, a friend of yours. And a friend of the, the reverse stick, Alan Gormley. And if you're going to be heading down to the Vitality World Cup, um, maybe you should check this out, especially if you're going to be there tomorrow. Yep, there's an opportunity to catch some walking hockey. Hi, Alan Gormley here from Bromsgrove Hockey Club in England. We're certainly feeling the heat over here, so why not come along to the Queen Elizabeth Park for the Vitality Hockey Women's World Cup and see a game ideally suited to high temperatures, walking hockey. We have an exhibition match on Saturday the 28th of July, 2.30 till 3 o'clock in the Fan Central Arena. Great fun, great for all ages, all abilities. Hope to see you there. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, thanks, Alan. It's lovely to get that message. And yes, do head along and go and see the walking hockey crew. Um, there may be a time in your life that walking hockey is the thing for you. And it is going to be hot, so it's perfect. Nah, as not, Alan yeah, it won't, won't be too crazy. I was a bit worried because yeah, it was a, a middle of the afternoon. I thought, geez, if they've got it 38, 39 degrees, everyone's going to be walking anyway, very, very slowly. <laughs> yeah. Are we doing crawling hockey yet? But something to check out if you're in the area or you're around the World Cup. And support, if you're not, at other times as well. Walking hockey is a great initiative. Yeah, it's all part of the cradle-to-the-grave approach that we're trying to get going in our game. Should we talk about uh, the... Uh, oh, before we do, I, oh, I didn't get the clip. We'll save that for the reverse stick uh, when we talk about world ranking points uh-huh. um, because the Irish coach made some interesting comments at the end of his interview there, but we, we haven't got time to play it today, that we will, once we get back into doing the reverse stick. I've got an idea... At the end of the World Cup, wherever you finish in the World Cup, that should be where the next cycle of world rankings start from, and that's where you're going to finish. So Ireland, who started the year or started the tournament at 16, they're now going to finish at least eighth, and so that's where they're. If if so, they finish in eighth, they lose that quarterfinal. That's what their world ranking should be. That that this World Cup should be the cutoff, and those rankings stand, and we move into the new year. I am not going to have the debate about FIH rankings with you. Okay. We'll save that for the reverse team. I think we will. Okay. Let's get on to the games then. So, coming up, uh, what have we got? Game 15 and 16. So, we're not... What day is it? Fast approaching. <laughs> fast approaching the uh, the halfway mark. You've, got, you've got the list down there in front of you, oh, John. Yeah. You know exactly what, what day it is. It's, no, it tells you what match. It doesn't say day A or day whatever. Um, yeah, first up, 6pm. China and the Netherlands. Ranked number one, the Netherlands. Ranked number eight, China. They didn't play like the eighth-ranked nation the other day. I'm hoping they turn up, because otherwise it will be, as you say, a cricket score. Very uh, very young, inexperienced side there from China. You'd think, you'd think they'd got a bit of a wake-up from that 3-0 defeat to Italy. Um, we've seen a lot of teams that did have a bad result in the first game, have come back and had a, a positive result in the second game. Have, geez, it would have to be a very, very big turnaround for China to have any success against uh, number one Dutch team, though. Um, I think it's going to rain goals. It's going to be eight or nine nil stuffing. Um, and yeah, I think I, I think it is. Um, although you know, Jamie Mulders has had lots of experience coaching against the Dutch. 
Um, who knows? They could just park the bus. Um, you know, uh, 11, 11 players um, jammed in the D. And maybe leave one high. I think they'll improve, but I, I can't see the Netherlands being beaten. I'm sure. I'm hoping China will improve because they've done a lot of work to get to that eighth rank spot. So, you know, it's, it's time they put the show on. Yeah, well, we've spoken before on the reverse stick about how they select the Chinese yeah. teams, and there's some kind of strange way. It's not necessarily the best players in the in the country at any given time, is it? It's based around um, domestic league success, and the, they pull from one or two teams. Yeah, so they might have to rethink that in the future going ahead. And the interesting thing about the Netherlands, I know I've rattled on about defence wins World Cups and all the rest of it, but Netherlands are probably the team that d- proves the rule to that in that sense that their midfield's so good, we're probably not going to see their defence get tested until, really, really tested, until we get to the quarterfinals, depending on who they draw there. It might not be the semi-finals before they get a real test, yeah. because teams just struggle to get past that midfield. Well, so good. Yeah, they've had a good long break since the uh, yeah, last weekend, definitely. Um, the other game's quite intriguing as well, Korea versus Italy, and of course Korea really got put, yeah, absolutely game. stuffed by the Netherlands. 7-0 in the opening game um, and Italy great win over over China um, like you know will Korea bounce back or will Italy grow in stature on the on the back of that fantastic opening um, result for them well judging by the way we tip if <laughs> it always goes the opposite have you noticed that every in the fir- the teams that got flogged in the first round have come back and won games yeah. against teams that won quite well in the in the and first that, round. that that shows the the quality of the teams that are involved in this competition, and it also shows that on any given day oh. anybody can get a result. You just you know the 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 goals have got to go in rather than hit the post or you know nick off a stick. It's it's when it all comes together at the right time. So have you got any predictions? Well, first of all, did we give our predictions to the other games? Uh, we have with some of them, but not not all of them. We didn't. Okay, we'll keep going for this prediction. Okay. Yeah, right. Who? China and Netherlands. China and yeah, Netherlands. It will be yeah, eight, eight, eight or nine nil. I can't see China getting a corner. Okay, I'll go for four one. I can see him getting the goal. Okay. Um, Korea versus Italy. That. Oh, whew, you got a coin? Well, this is. I. You know. I think. Like we spoke about the inexperience of the goalkeepers there, and we need to. We do need to find out the the bigger story with that. Um, but uh, I think Italy, if they take their chances like they did in their opening game, they're, they're going to get the win. Um, but I'm not going to predict that. I'm predicting a draw. Let's go 2-2. Two, two. I, I think Italy might surprise a few of us. I think Italy might get up and win that one, and they'll book themselves a place in at least the crossovers. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for this edition of the World Cup Daily. I'm really looking forward to the hockey coming up. Me too. And, and we've got a big day tomorrow as well because we've got four games on tomorrow, so we'll be pumping it out. And we've got some extra bits of audio to bring you tomorrow as well. We'll be hearing from Tammy Stanley, FIH delegate. Um, look, if you're off to the hockey today, enjoy yourself. If you're in front of the screen, enjoy it. It's going to be fantastic, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Playing this weekend? Still, Still injured. injured. Uh, oh, we're down to play the swinging pigs. See ya.